3: It's time for Tennessee Prime, an inside, in-depth look at Tennessee football through the eyes of those that wear the orange and white, fried up each week by Gus's world-famous fried chicken, hosted by the sports animals Jason Swain and BallQuest Austin Price and Brent Hubbs. Welcome to Tennessee Prime. Welcome into Tennessee Prime alongside Jason Swain. I'm Austin Price. Jason, Tennessee, big 65-24 wins over UT Martin. It was early. It was often. There were lots of points, lots of touchdowns. Uh, you know, Tennessee could have kind of walked into that game Saturday and kind of went through the motions. And, you know, we've seen that in recent years. 24 nothing over North Texas comes to mind. But they didn't do that. Program uh, fifty. program record, 52 points in the first half. Um, you know, they, they, they put it on UT Martin from the jump, and, and they did take the, the pedal off in the second half and, you know, kind of, you know, coasted from there. But they did what they needed to do and get out, and that's a sign of a, a good football team.
2: Man, I almost fell asleep thinking about that North Texas game 24 nothing.
3: Boy, that was a
0: snooze
2: fest. Uh, but that was not the case this past weekend. Tennessee handled business there in the first half. Could have scored a 100 if they wanted to, but uh, this game was not that type of game. It was about taking care of business, Uh, continue to play at the level that you have played at the last couple of weeks and then allow other players to get out there and play and get reps. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, It was perfect because you didn't have any injuries um, and everyone was able to play. Now it's about getting back to SEC play and taking care of business against a team um, that you beat last year that don't like you, you don't like them. And uh, it's going to be a physical football game uh, at home, night game, dark mode is activated. It's going to be fun. And the biggest thing about this turnaround, uh, AP, has been not only the, the playmakers on the outside, we're seeing highlights from Valen Hyatt, man, but the biggest improvement has been with the offensive line and defensive line, the, the trench play
3: yeah. and,
2: and dominating at the line of scrimmage. And I'm glad that we have uh, two representatives from the trenches joining us tonight, but that's been the biggest improvement uh, for this team. And that's why I think this team is a legitimate national championship contender and why, and why they are a uh, top five team.
3: It's kind of like the seasons. And, and, you know, you know, here in East Tennessee, we don't, we're just going to go from summer to winter or winter to summer. We just kind of skip over spring and fall a lot of times. It's kind of that way with this football team. And yeah, we're just going to go from possible sanctions to uh, the playoff. <laughs> I, mean, yep. like, I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, by the way, we'll be joined coming up uh, in segment two uh, by JJ Crawford uh, on the uh, offensive line and then Dominic Bailey. Uh, the defensive lineman who has uh, really been playing solid football for Rodney Garner. So um, we'll talk to both those kids coming up uh, about 7, 12, 7, 13. They'll join the show and be on with us for about 30 minutes or so. But uh, Tennessee, a big one this week. You know, everybody wants to get pointed towards that matchup with Georgia primetime on CBS, uh, you know, next, next week at three 30, but you got to get past this one first. Um, you know, Jason, uh, Tennessee is going to go into this game. as basically a two touchdown favorite and, you know, I think if Tennessee plays its best, I'm not sure Kentucky can 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 win the football game.
2: If Tennessee plays their best, Kentucky plays their best. Tennessee is going to win um, pretty comfortably. I, you look at both teams, and this is a bad matchup for Kentucky. They don't have um, the protection up front um, like they want to. Um, they're they've been struggling protect protecting. Will Levis and protecting the quarterback uh, in general. They do have some guys on the outside, man, that's explosive. Some young guys that uh, could give Tennessee some problems. Will Levis had his best game of the year versus Tennessee uh, before he had a really good game against Louisville. So we know he's capable. He's a fantastic player, uh, has all the tools to beat you with his legs, to beat you with his arm. Um, Will we see it? I don't know. We haven't seen much of it this year. But we did see it last year up there in Lexington. Uh, But Tennessee, man, they they just don't punt. So can Kentucky keep up with uh, Tennessee offensively? They're not built to do that. Um, Kentucky's defense, they'll, they'll be sound. Uh, they'll probably be the best that Tennessee has faced outside of Alabama up to this point. But I just, man, I, I just don't see how Tennessee is going to lose this game if they come out and play the way they have been uh, from basically the Florida game on. Um, I just, I just don't see how it's like you'll be able to match up offensively so uh it's gonna be a fun atmosphere for sure i mean it's a night game and uh man the the alternate uniforms release so everyone's fired up about that i know our players are fired up about it and uh that's all that matters
3: man they're gonna be ready to go yeah the the black helmets introduced for the first time uh, i know that's that's an exciting thing for the young kids um some of the some of the uh Older statesmen that have been around the program may not be for them, but, hey, it's about the kids that play, and they're, they're going to enjoy doing it. And, again, you were orange and white for Alabama. It's not like you broke up the alternates for, for Alabama or Florida. You're breaking them out for Kentucky. And uh, it's right around Halloween. You can justify this, you know, in six days and seven nights. Um, you know, for me, like I think for Kentucky to have a chance in this football game, they've got one, ball control at two, Tennessee's got to turn the ball over, and three, They've got to hit some big plays in special teams with uh, Barry on Brown. Like, I think that's how – that's their path to victory, in my opinion. Yep. Um, they're definitely going to try to ball control it. Can Tennessee get out to a quick start? Let's say Tennessee gets out to the quick start like they do against Alabama and it's 28-10. to 10. At that point, I think Kentucky would have to alter who they are. Yeah. And that's a that's a win for Tennessee. Like, what you don't want is, you know, this kind of – ground and pound, taking possessions away, milking the, you know, play clock down to one and two before they snap it. And, you know, uh, th- that's what you want to try to avoid. So can Tennessee continue to get off to the hot start? I think that's the biggest key. Again, I think if Tennessee doesn't turn the football over and doesn't allow a big player to on special teams, I think that they'll be just fine come Saturday night and everybody then will be able to turn their attentions to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, either way, Tennessee's going to go to Athens playing for first place in the East and that's all you can ask for going to November. Yeah, do not
2: kick the ball to Barry on Brown. Just, just don't even give them an opportunity. He's uh, probably the best return guy in the league, even as a freshman outside of um, my man Jameer Gibbs over there at Alabama. So don't even give him an opportunity. Uh, force Kentucky to drive the length of the football field, even if it starts at the 35-yard 35, 35 line. Uh, Tennessee has done a great job at stopping the run this season. And we talked about, the offensive line play, and uh, you know, people have pointed at the weaknesses there with the defense and the secondary. But one thing that Tennessee has been able to do a very good job of is stopping the run. Tennessee won the rushing matchup against Alabama. When's the last time we've said that? So Tennessee stopped the run against LSU, stopped the run against Alabama, and Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky's running back, you know, he's he's a lot fresher than normal running backs at this point in the season because he didn't yeah. play a couple of games early. And he's a load. He is not stopping his legs. He is fighting for every yard. So you better game tackle. You better make sure that uh, no one is punching at the ball without securing the tackle. He is a grown man. Simple as that. So be ready for uh, a physical running back coming at you for 60 minutes.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, Rodriguez is a load. And, uh, you know, Tennessee will unveil the black uniforms, the black helmet. All shiny, look at that. I mean, Ooh, Swain, I mean they, they, here you go. I mean, they, that's even your number, Swain. So, does this kind of how, how did they not get you to go model? It's my question.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, no, nah, they they, beat, they used Chris Walker last year. It's probably good because Chris Walker still looks like he could play. Um, you know, the, the Smoky Grays was modeled, um, you know, that was a funny way that was modeled. I won't, I won't touch on that anymore, but. You know, we, you got to make sure someone looks good modeling that thing, man. Well, and what happened? The
3: The easiest thing to do there is by the time the Grays got in, they were on the bye week.
2: Yeah.
3: And everybody was gone. Yeah. And there was yeah. nobody around. Yeah. So, like, who, yeah, who, who, it is what it is. It got is what it is. But time. I mean, like, there was a reason for that. I mean, yeah, I, I can understand.
2: Right. Yeah, I can too. But, you got Trayvon Flowers with that one. Ooh, looking so clean. I said that to some of my, oh, my teammates, man. They so jealous. So jealous. They wish that we did the same thing. But hey, we're happy for our for our little brothers being able to wear these uniforms on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, uh, they've been breaking those helmets in since uh practice last week. Um I we you know, everybody kept saying, What like I had people tweet, did you did you spoil the uniform combination? And I'm like, no, because how many I've looked on my Facebook and this person was at practice and had their picture made with the player holding the black helmet, and this person yeah. it was on Twitter? I mean, like, it, 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 trying to keep it a secret. So I'm just like, man, eh, you know, I mean, I'm very respectful of trying to let everybody have their moment, but at some point in time, you just can't. I mean, like, like on Friday, I did an outkick and, you know, they brought up the black jerseys, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You know, and they're like, come on, man. Like, it's all over Twitter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, yeah. just roll yeah. with it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's out there, man. It's out there. But, hey, as lots as of players are excited. As long as, you know, we go out there and handle business, man. No one should really have a problem.
3: Yeah, again, you know, this is a, a big game for Tennessee, another stepping stone game, uh, you, know, to, you know, to potentially go down to Athens, 8-0, um, playing, uh, you know, a Georgia team that, you know, is undefeated. Would be ranked number one in the country. Really, and realistically, right? If Tennessee goes down and wins in between the hedges, they're going to number one. They'll jump Ohio State because yeah. of the of the you know the 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 path to get to that point. Sure. So um, you know, really you're playing for number one, you know, if you can somehow, you know, win this week. And again, Tennessee's won what, 37 of the last forty or whatever it is in the series. I mean, this is a, a game that they've uh you know routinely come out on top. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll be joined by a couple of Vols, joined by J.J. Crawford, and we'll be joined by Dominic Bailey. Next on Tennessee Prime, sponsored and powered and fried up each week by our good friends at Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Sutherland Avenue. He's Jason Swain. I'm Austin Price. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Tennessee Prime, powered up each week by Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Sutherland Avenue. If you've not been by, go out and check out Gus's. Alongside Jason Swain, I'm Austin Price. And let's bring into the show at this time Tennessee defensive lineman Dominic Bailey, Tennessee offensive lineman J.J. Crawford. And guys, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for having me. All
3: right. J.J., we'll start with you. You've, uh, you've really been coming on the last few weeks. Um, you know, started down at LSU. You, you had a great game uh, down there on the Bayou. Followed that up with more solid play last week. Just kind of take me kind of through your mindset. What? How, how do you feel like you've been doing? And uh, kind of where have you seen your game grow?
0: Um, I would say kind of my mindset through that was just Coach coming, talking to me, kind of letting me know how things are going to be. And my mindset. Cause I'm always, I was always ready. Um, I was kind of just getting back from uh, some rehab, some body stuff, getting my body right. So being there at LSU, I'd say that, I'd say that was a good little like breakout game for me to have, to get some, uh, some experience under my belt other than ball state. Cause I wasn't able to play outside of ball state or after ball state for a few games. And, uh, Instead, I just continues my game growing in my pass pro and my run blocking. And uh, I get go against Dom every day, so, like, iron sharp and iron. So, that's what I would say. Uh, competition makes us, makes us better, right?
2: Uh, how do you feel like you have improved with your competition there at left tackle
0: throughout fall camp? Uh, I would just say going out every day, having to prove yourself. And you really can't afford to like bad days in practice because there's always one person behind you that could be like a one snap away, really. And that's kind of, you kind of got to see like how that played out with me and my position, but there's always just somebody that's one snap away that can come in and pick up the slack. You could say,
3: Dom, when you look at kind of where you were a year ago, you know, as, yeah. as a red shirt, and then where you are now. You kind of just – you're kind of the embodiment of this current team. You all kind of set goals back, at, you know, in the wintertime, went to work. Same thing for you individually. You've just kind of steadily been improving, growing. Coach Garner continues to brag on you, and let's face it, gee, don't throw out a whole lot of compliments. So that's really yeah, <laughs> a good thing, right? So, yeah. you know, where have you seen your game get better? Because, again, a year ago you were nowhere to be found. All of a sudden this year there you are out there making plays.
1: Um, I just tried to focus on a little thing like whatever Coach G told me to do, I tried to do it like as hard as I could, as fast as I could, just to make sure I got it done. And I just try to make make it easier for everybody else to please on the D line with me. I try to do my job so everybody else's job is easier. That's it.
2: Uh, Byron Young, we've had him on the program. Uh we've talked to Mark Thomas and, and talking to those two guys, I asked them about someone else that they see stepping up and making big plays, someone that maybe didn't do it the year before, and they both mention you uh, at separate occasions. When you hear that from two guys that will be playing on Sundays, you know, how does that make you feel, man?
1: I mean, it's love. Like, those are my boys. So I really just put it all out there for them, grind for them. We grind for each other because we ain't nothing without each other. So every day we just go into practice with the mindset of everybody getting better, and that's – what's happening everybody's getting better every day everybody's playing better every day
3: dom you were committed to the old staff one mm-hmm. of the few guys in your signing class that stuck around or or, or you know it's still here um mm-hmm. you know and, but you come from saint francis you know uh, very much a well-respected national power at the high school ranks and then jj you come from juco so it's kind of two ends of the spectrum um just oh. wh- what did you know about tennessee before you got here um And then, maybe, you know, what have you learned to appreciate about Tennessee now? Go, Dom.
1: Nah, go ahead. You go.
3: Uh, For me, I would say uh, just like something
0: I was getting recruited by the UC when their coaching staff was at UCF. So I kind of got to talk to Coach Hype and Coach Ellerby. But I didn't know too much about Tennessee before I got here. I mean, being at Juco, you always want to kind of attract some of the bigger name schools. And then. Once L.A.B. had reached out to me, once he got here, it was kind of like a no-brainer. I already had a pretty close relationship with that staff. And this is one of those leagues you can go and play in and kind of test yourself. Well, it was a
1: huge blessing to get here, for real. I thank God for that every day. I mean, before I came, you know, you hear the usual, like Tennessee used to be this, Tennessee used to be that. So I'm just – my decision on coming here was – I just want to get Tennessee back to where it was before I came here. That's what we're doing now, so I'm just happy about it because my, my brother's, like, one of the biggest Peyton Manning fans, so all I heard about was Peyton Manning my whole life. So when we came here, I just knew, like, all right, I want to be at Tennessee.
3: Then the next thing you know, you're getting to smoke cigars with him in the locker Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did, you, did you did you fire off a picture to your brother? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I did. <laughs>
2: Uh, J- Jeremiah, man, one of the things I miss about playing is, man, those police escorts, man. And um, <laughs> you said you came from JUCO. Yeah. What's What's the, What's the I guess, the most alarming, the biggest change for you going from JUCO to going to Tennessee and, you know, getting some of those uh, VIP
0: treatments here, the SEC program? What's the biggest one that stands out for you? I remember when I first got, like, up here on my, like, first day of campus and I was just seeing everything, I was like – so like sugar like it's nothing compared to Juco I had like like a i don't know 20 yards it was like how long our weight room was and it was real sl- like slim and not big at all but I don't know i'd say the stadium being at game days obviously uh, it was like maybe 200 people at my juco games coming <laughs> here to like a hundred thousand i remember running out our first game I'll never forget it, it was like crazy to me I couldn't believe I made. <laughs> Did you have to do your own laundry at Juco or like because here, like, man, they, they do your laundry every
2: single day, man, they take care
0: of you. It was, uh, we had like little loops, but it wasn't nothing come to this extent, really. Yeah. Like, trying to get ready for this level, but it is Juco, you don't have all the, the resources and staff, but they did their best, they did, they got me ready for here. So, all love to them boys in El Dorado.
3: Dom, how much have you learned from Coach Corner? I know you said earlier. You kind of soak up, um, yeah. you know, everything I, he's teaching. But, you know, when, when he got here, you know, did, how much did you know him through the recruiting process? And then when he got here, you know, how quickly did you kind of have to learn his mannerisms, how he how he maneuvers and coaches?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't get recruited too much by him when he was at Auburn. But when he got here, it was kind of like, all right, you got to adjust to this because, you know, his coaching style was different from other people's coaching style. He going to yeah. dig into you. But it's just – he just wants the best out of you. So you just got to block out how he's saying it and just listen to what he's saying and just take it in.
2: Did did you adjust to him first day or was it like a process?
1: Mm, No, it was Um, a process. It took took a while. It took a while.
2: (laughs) How long long, long did it take you for, you know, really click? okay, you know, this this guy is helping me become a better player. Let me stop, you know, worrying about – you know, what does not matter? And let me worry about what does matter. That's him improving my game. How long did it um,
1: take? Probably, like, like, the first camp, the first fall camp was into, probably, like, two weeks into it. I'm like, okay, he know he know what he's talking about. So, I might as well listen and just take it in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he, he's always in there dropping those anecdotes, you know, um, when he's in there meeting with the media. What, what's your favorite kind of Coach Garner-ism? Saying, phrase.
1: What you mean by that?
3: Well, I mean, like, he's in there talking the other day about, you know, defensive linemen are like planes, Like, you can't let them run out of gas when they're in, in, in the middle of the game or in the middle of a flight, you know, right? Yeah, like, or, you're, or you're done. So, I mean, like, you know, what kind of, you know, little little uh, anecdotes does he drop on you guys?
1: Let me see. Let me think. That's hard because he says so many things. It's something different every day. So, um, he – what's something that he say?
3: What they saying he'll say about there?
1: Like, he'll say something like, um, "Your body is like a um, like a Mercedes, and you don't want to no, put no bad gas in the Mercedes." So basically, what he's saying is, you want to go to be in the training room all the time, doing what you need to do to keep your body running how it's supposed to be. Hundred percent,
2: hundred percent. All right, let's let's stop let's stop playing around here. I don't know what took so long to bring this up, AP. Let's get to JJ Crawford. Man, you threw up during the game, man. <laughs> and you looked at the you looked at Alabama player and told him that you was coming for him. Yeah. What was his reaction? And what was going on, man? Did you have too much, you know, Gatorade? Like,
0: what, what caused that, do you think? Uh, I know what caused that. I mean, of course, Gatorade and water throughout <laughs> the game. Like, they got those little cold brew shots in the locker room. So like that. Yeah. I quick <laughs> one getting get myself a little ready to go for a hot time. I guess it didn't agree with my stomach too much, but uh, you saw the video. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: he looked at me. He was like, you seen him pop his head up real quick. He's like, oh, what the heck? Uh, he said he told me that I was gross. And then I remember the end over here to my left. He's like, don't touch me, bro. And I, had to, I remember I got pins on that play, and he kind of like backed up away from me. He got, we went away from me, so that was pretty funny. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, you should do it again this week? Yeah, Next play <laughs> <laughs> but, you, uh, I ain't heard the last of that.
3: My my favorite part was it <laughs> was it was, was the whole like nod in your head deal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> letting them know I, we ain't going nowhere, we ain't done yet. <laughs>
0: All right, super so- say he's watching the whole time. He was just
2: looking at you the whole time. He was laughing.
0: He, <laughs> yeah. he loves it. He said he loved it. Yeah, Cooper loves that type of stuff. I always see him in practice. Like I said. He yeah. always throws up in practice. Yeah, that's what I am to say. One thing you get me, caught me on camera as well, but I see Cooper. He's over there throwing up. He'll be right back in the next play. Dom, Dom's seen it too. It's just yeah. something <laughs> about football, man. Just I think it got caught in a a highlight this one time for everybody to see.
3: That'll, that'll probably live in infamy. it will be, you know, yeah. be a gif, a meme, whatever you want it to be. I mean, it'll be uh, – people will be using that forever. You'll be retired somewhere, and they'll still be using that one. I
0: hope so. that would be funny to see.
3: All right, so let's flip it to the jerseys. You know, you guys have known you're wearing black for a while. You started breaking into helmets last week. Um mm-hmm. You know, h- 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 how excited are you guys – I mean, you wore black last year, but to incorporate the black helmet. Mm-hmm. How, how much? How much? How much better does that make it?
0: I think whenever, uh, like last year, I remember when we were black. All the guys were talking about. Oh, I wish we had the the helmets to go with it. Oh, wish it would look better with this. So, I mean, I finally get the helmets. I'm ready. I'll really go out there and play whatever and whatever. I don't care. So, I just think just it's more put it on guess.
1: I think it's more of like when you put on a different color uniform, you have to win. All like. right. You can't go out there and not win, so you gotta go out there and play hard. That's really all it is. Definitely. how 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 do the how do the big boys
2: make the alter uniforms look good, man? What are you guys planning on doing to you know show that swag, man? This this picture right here, this is flowers. He a little guy. What's y'all's plan? You know, they don't
0: got all the extra the extra meat and stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 don't know. Um. Don't on there as the sleeves.
1: I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I'll, that's a game day decision. I'll figure it out game day. <laughs> okay. Out on Saturday. <laughs>
3: did y'all Did y'all rock the blue Saturday or no? Not everybody rocked the blue.
1: I had a sleeve on. Some bands. That's it.
3: I a few bands. But... <laughs> now coming up in the next segment, we'll let uh, the fans interact with you guys and ask you guys questions. Um, before we get to that point, um, best part. Uh, this season individually i mean i know as a team it's alabama and the celebration and the cigars and all that but individually for each of you what's what's been the best moment for you start with you jj i would say
0: uh other than yeah being with my brothers uh after the bama game and just being able to experience that i remember thinking like that's something that like my boy i was sitting next to jc Coop on the line. i was just thinking like looking down there like this is something they deserve like we put in too much work for this like for them not to earn this. We earn this. But other than that, I would say having my family be around and kind of being able to see my journey from Juco to here, kind of just see how things change for me and then be there and still see it and experience it all with me. So that's what I would
1: say. Um. Just really my family to see me back on the field playing again. So that's really all it is. I'm just happy to be back playing, sitting on the sideline, one fun. So, yeah.
3: no it's not it's never fun to watch and uh, you guys are uh, back a part of it on the field let's take our second break we'll come back we'll get interactive we'll take questions from the uh, the comment box he's Jason Swain I'm Austin Price and those guys are two well, I don't want to call you big uglies because that ain't fair just big boys in the trenches <laughs> <Next one's right. laughs> trenches um, we'll be right back on Tennessee Prime Welcome back into Tennessee prime fried up each week by our good friends at Gus's world famous fried chicken on Settlin Avenue, listening on 99.1 D sports animal and on the VolQuest YouTube channel. Uh, Jason, when you look at this game coming up on, on Saturday and make sure you get your questions in for the guys, uh, we'll start with this. When you're getting, when you look at this game on Saturday, line play on both sides is going to be big. Um, you know, the ability to run the ball against a pretty good formidable Kentucky front and then, stop the run against, uh, you know, a, a Kentucky offensive line that is not what they were the last couple of years, but run blocking with Rodriguez, still formidable.
2: Yeah, man, you know how every SEC game really comes down to the trenches. Um, period, point blank, and you want to have your explosive plays. But, you know, Kentucky's done a good job with Stoops over the last couple of years is really establishing um, the trench play, and he's done a good job developing players to the next level. Did uh, you mention it? I mean, the offensive line is not as good as they uh, have been, but you know what they want to do. Uh, they want to uh, eat up that clock, and they feel like they can be physical with Tennessee. Chris Rodriguez is physical. Now it's up to us to, to match that physicality. I think we will, especially with my man Dom Bailey, who's in there getting, getting reps and making plays. Ain't that right?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
3: <laughs> Dominic, this – comes from Wayne Starnes. What part of home game days have you enjoyed the most at Tennessee?
1: Probably the ball up just seeing all the fans. It gets you, like, ready to go, like, because they pumped up to see you play, so you got to go out there and perform. So,
2: yeah. Are you someone that goes through and high-five everyone, or are you, are you trying to stay stay locked in and focused? What's your Depend, approach?
1: Depend on the day. Depend on the day how I'm feeling that day.
2: Yeah. What about the Florida game? How do you feel that day?
1: Half 5 there, but I was ready to go that game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you like the ball walk, JJ? You you, you said earlier you really like the running through the tee. Um, um, you know, is, is that kind of kind of are are you back to ball walk too? I like ball walk. I like running through the tee. Man. I like it really.
0: It's something I never got to experience before. So, but ball walk, it's like. uh I'll be high fiving the fans and then once I get like to the locker room entrance, put my earbuds in and that's when I start to lock in, put on my music. But say hi to the family, say hi to all the little kids. I usually give my little lanyard to one of the little kids. But just interacting with the fans, getting to see like everybody that came out to watch us play, it's crazy. It still blows my mind. Uh
2: the Di- Diablo. Customs were a really good question here. It says how fun is it to play in such an aggressive defensive front, always pushing up field, not just gap containment. The questions for for you, uh, Don.
1: Um, it makes it real fun because you know, when you playing in the defense where you just gotta sit there and me the alignment, try to let a linebacker make the play, that's really get boring after a while. But with Coach Gardner and um Coach Banks, they want us to be aggressive, get knocked back, make a play. So it makes things easier for real because it's not—it's less thinking. Just knock somebody back and make a play.
3: That's all it is. So, yeah. Ricky Fitzgerald says, "What do you guys? We'll do this for you, JJ. What do you guys do in pregame for good luck? Any, any, any superstitions? Any, uh, any routines?"
0: I would say uh, I have one routine. Me and Mincy usually we'll go walk around the field one time before we go out to do our online individual warm up, stretch stuff. But nothing. Uh, I don't really have too many superstitions. Put my music in, lock in, get ready,
3: walk that lap. What? Well, what is it? The same music every week or different? Uh, it kind of just
0: depends on what I'm feeling. And then I'll throw on some like uh NBA Young Boy or me the crazier
3: stuff. My My, my favorite know? is when you boys go walking through the complex, and I, Crawford. I'm seen you do this, but a few of them do. They'll like go through it like they're Phone blaring music, just like just openly out loud, like you know, not even headphones, like <laughs> like in their pocket, and they're just walking, they get like their soundtrack walking to class. Like you want everybody to listen to it. <laughs> JJ comes rolling through there on his scooter every day, um, yeah. with that with that with that uh, hair flowing into the wind. Yeah. Um, next question uh, for this for Dom: Is game day a break from practice and Coach Garner?
1: Um yeah, cause you know, he he says practice is supposed to be harder than game day. So game day, you know, you just out there having fun for real. It's all fun. Funny games then. Let's see
2: here. Um <laughs> All right, so JJ, Chris wants to know, did you show him how nasty you could be? After he called you nasty, because we did hear the Alabama player um, back in their press conference uh, when they were back in Tuscaloosa,
0: and he said that he he just called you nasty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, gotta be smart with what you say. It's not when you're talking it's in the press conferences, but yeah, that way, me and him were going at it all game. I'll never, I never spoke to him. I never heard much about him before, but. I always like getting into it with the D linemen. That's one thing about being in the trenches. It gets, it gets nasty. It gets dirty, throwing up, everything.
3: So you boys are way too young for this, but back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a wrestler called the Great Muta, and he would always spit the green mist into his opponent's eyes at some point in the match. That needs to be your thing, Crawford. You just you know, oh, just, just throw up. Not throw up on somebody. You just throw up every time. <laughs> oh. Oh,
0: I've seen a lot of, like, the Little Giants, I think it is, the uh, references where they put the tablets in their mouth.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, A lot of that, a lot of, a lot of references. Uh, Zach
2: Cherry says, this question is for both of you guys, who are some young guys in your position groups not getting a lot of playing time now, but you see them making an impact in the near future?
0: I would say um, you got, I mean, for tackles, we got a lot of good young guys, I think, and they're all they're all going to make uh, some impacts in the future. You, know, you guys will see that, but uh BG, Connor, you got those guys. I see them putting in work every day and getting into uh, the facility, getting extra work in when they can and really studying and locking into their craft. We'll make sure, learning from the older guys. We also have They're not too much uh, younger guys, but RJ and Griff, their time's coming up. They'll be able to do some great things. I already know that. But just learning from some of the older guys and focusing up, I think those guys do great at that.
1: For me, it's um, Tyree, um, James Pierce, and Josh. They young, but they all can ball. So you're going to see a lot of them in the near future probably.
3: Do you ever look at some of the younger guys that aren't playing, you know, like uh, Phillips or um, Jason Jenkins? And, you know, even though you're only a year older than them, Mm -hmm. go, hey, I was where you were a year ago. You just got to keep your head down.
1: Yeah, that's why I tell them all the time. It's not – you can't take nothing personal. It's all a business. So, you just got to keep your head down and keep working. And your time is going to come sooner or later as long as you just keep your head down and work.
2: On on a scale from zero to 100 – uh, how much is being successful at this level mental for you guys?
0: I would say success is 100% mental. I mean, you got to be locked in every day. When you come to practice, you can't. And in the weight room, the weight room, meeting room, anywhere, you got to be 100% mentally locked in. Because at this, at this level, you can't really afford to make little mistakes. Like, that will get your quarterback hurt, running back, anybody like it's a mental game for real
3: jj J- you a big fan of uh coach ellerby's uh santa claus beard he's got rolling he's got the thing wider and wider
0: <laughs> i know it's just like ever since
3: uh the beginning of the season
0: it just keeps getting bigger but i like it The man roll with how uh he likes it i guess
3: yeah. you had Halloween earlier this week with all the uh kids in the complex over there trick-or-treating and get to the christmas time he'll have all the kids sitting <laughs> on his lap um we we had a question earlier. I think it was Wayne asked. Um, it was for JJ in reference to uh, Sprags and his stuffed animal collection, as he called himself the zookeeper. Um, you're you're kind of a lighthearted guy, always kind of keeping you know smiling and and, and cutting up. Um, Sprags kind of the same way from a standpoint of like he he doesn't take anything too serious. He's got he's got the stuffed animals after every game. Um, what do you guys think about that? That's for both of you, really. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I remember, uh, seeing the cater and uh, the thing I
0: was thinking about going grabbing that too, after the game, but he's definitely the type of guy I would expect to go grab some animals out there again, zookeeper, because he's a funny dude. And he's one of those guys that when it's time to work and put in the business, he's going to do that. And it's, is no jokes from there on out. You won't see him crack a joke or smile, but when it's, uh, when it's lighthearted, fun time. <laughs> he knows when to have fun. He knows how to joke around. So that's what I like about Sprague. He knows when it's business time. Time to play. <laughs>
2: My favorite um, was the
3: uh, tiger at LSU. Jason, you had it in his mouth. <laughs> I don't even want to know if he
2: has one for this week. I don't even want to ask if we'll any see. Of the guy has seen it yet.
0: We'll see. I'm sure there is somewhere, somewhere. let see.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Abbott uh, asked you guys, "Who's been the biggest challenge during practice for you, one on one?" So, question for both of you guys.
1: Um, the biggest challenge, probably JJ and um, JJ and Darnell and Missy For real, they all you know, they all bang. They all they give you a good run for your money. So you got it. I mean, that just gets you better at the end of the day, though. So it's just all work. I would say,
0: uh, like, Dom, any of those guys that will give you a good look off the edge, like B.Y., Tyler Barron, man, I would say Dom and B- uh, B.Y. is my two that I really like to go against. They give me best looks. Uh, had a good kiss set against B.Y. today. You B.Y., know. Dom, them boys always, I don't really know. Whoever you're against, they're going to give you
3: a good look. That's what I like about this D-line
0: they're always going to give you uh, some type of look and it's always going to be good. So
3: Darnell's got all those nicknames, Fat Patty, Dirty Sprite, all that stuff. What what, what do y'all call him? Y'all just, what do y'all roll with? Which one?
1: I have to call him Darnell man. It's Darnell. I just say Mel. I hear people say D
0: Sprite, D. Dirty Sprite's the
3: best. I don't
0: (laughs) care.
3: That's outstanding. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you joining us tonight. We'll let you guys get back to game planning, getting ready for Kentucky on Saturday. Good luck. Enjoy the black jerseys. Although, Jason, it sounds like that they're the, – being the linemen that they are, That you know, they'll just wear whatever they, they put in, in the locker. Whatever Hawk puts in the locker, they'll wear. And, and not, not as that's important right. to them as those skill guys like yourself. Exactly. That's right.
2: That's right. That's right. They'll have the sleeves, maybe the armband, make it look fresh, make it look clean. But I know what the big guy's all about, about banging in the trenches. So, y'all keep doing it. What y'all have been doing all season long, man. Y'all been the, y'all been the difference.
3: Continue it, man. It have great. fun. Uh, we're proud of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thank you a lot.
3: That's J.J. Crawford and Dom Bailey. This is Tennessee Prime, Friday each week by Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Sutherland Avenue. If you've not been by lately, head out there. It's a great place to get some tailgate food, a great place to take your family throughout the week. Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken. He's Jason Swain. I'm Austin Price. We'll be right back. Back to Tennessee Prime, Tennessee 7-0, and hosting 5-2 and Kentucky. Kentucky coming off a of bye week. Uh, their most recent game was two weeks ago, a win over Mississippi State. That was at home, Jason, after a couple of losses in a row for the Cats. So they were able to kind of find their footing against uh, the Bulldogs. Um, saw a lot of Kentucky people kind of breaking down the uh, game, uh, talking about how you know, t- you know Kentucky shut down Mississippi State's passing attack. Mississippi State's passing attack. Far different than Tennessee's. Mississippi State just kind of dinks and dunks. Tennessee likes to take it vertical.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and um, they like to throw swing passes to their running backs on the outside. That's an extension of their running game. Tennessee's running game is the running game. I mean, they run right between the tackles. And they also throw the quick screen out to the wide receivers. But, yeah, don't don't think that Mississippi State's passing attack has, you know, prepped you for Tennessee because it's totally, totally different. The personnel is different. And you have two players on offense that is in the Hodgman conversation right now, Jalen High and Henry Hooker. So um, it' going to be a little bit different, Kentucky Wildcats. But um, Stoops and his staff, they've done a good job. I'm pretty sure they'll prepare those guys as, as much as they can. Um, I look at it like this. If, if this offense has Saban stumped, I mean, what defense coordinator is going to be able to prepare for this offense, if Nick Saban can't. So, a lot of momentum going into this game. Still got to go out there and execute. Got to take care of the ball, something that Tennessee has done a fine job of doing. Can't put the ball on the ground, and you can't get beaten on special teams. If you do that, Tennessee is in a good position um, going into the Georgia game.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, Again, I think if Tennessee plays their best game, Kentucky can't beat them no matter how well they play. I just think that Tennessee is playing too well, uh, averaging over 50 points a game. Just ridiculous how uh, how they're clicking offensively, and it doesn't matter who they're playing against. They're clicking against everybody. Um, you know, and, and again, Cedric Tillman, believe he will play. He practiced earlier today, trending in the right direction. Um, you know, he hopes to uh, have him out on the field uh, sooner rather than later in that the starts this weekend against the Wildcats, and what is a big five week close to the season? Kentucky followed by Georgia, followed by the home finale against Missouri, and then two road games to close at South Carolina and at Vanderbilt.
2: Man, the the crowd was electric for Alabama. We know a lot of reasons why: biggest rivalry, uh, Tennessee playing the way they're playing. But think about all those those people that wanted to go to the Alabama game that probably couldn't get a ticket because they cost a lot. These tickets may be a little bit cheaper, and they don't want to miss the opportunity to see these guys uh, in person, especially wearing new alternate uniform. The place is going to be on fire this weekend, AP, and the crowd noise certainly played a, a part in the game versus Alabama. Had um, many pre snap disruptions, whether it was a false start, delayed game. Uh, this offense from Kentucky is not good enough like Alabama's to to start. First uh, and 15, or even backed up because of penalties and special teams, and have to drive the length of the football field. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this crowd impacts Kentucky's offense.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to see uh, how the crowd can kind of play a role. They played a role in each and every game this year. I would expect uh, Saturday night to be no different. Um, you know, I think, you know, you said it in the last segment, not just because those kids were on, but I think. Offensive line, defensive line. Um, I think everybody expects Hendon Hooker to be Hendon Hooker and the wide receivers to be the wide receivers. Can, can Tennessee's offensive and defensive line, can they win the battle at the line of scrimmage? If they can do that, then it, it's an excellent chance for Tennessee to be 8-0 playing another undefeated team, that being the top-ranked Bulldogs of Georgia, one week uh, from Saturday uh, down in Athens, a 3.30 kick. Um, when you look around the rest of the league, Alabama still controls its own destiny, but you can say the same thing for LSU. They've got one loss in conference, Jason, and uh, those two teams will play night game next week in Death Valley.
2: Let me ask you this, AP. I mean, we've seen Tennessee and Kentucky battle for players, whether the players come from Kentucky or come from Tennessee, Um, the recruiting battles. What what kind of implications does this game have as far as recruiting in the two thousand? 23 class, 2024 class?
3: You know, I don't know if any one game determines a, a kid's recruitment, but I do think that, you know, the the as you continue the upward trajectory as a program, the more you can win these type of games, the better. The more you can look at said player and say we won, you know, how many out of how many, uh, it matters. But, you know, listen, kids don't always make decisions based off of tradition or history or any of that stuff. They make them off relationships. So you got to continue to recruit the old fashioned way. It's still about relationships. Yes, your NILs involved. Um, if you don't think it is, then you're not paying attention across all of college football. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, you still have to build relationships. It still comes down to, you know, Kelsey Pope building a relationship with wide receivers, Rodney Garner building a relationship with, with defensive linemen. Those things are important. And so, you know, I don't, again, I don't think that necessarily matters win loss where, you know, whether a kid ends up there or here, um, but at the same time, you just want to continue to win games, continue to be the cool school because right now Tennessee very much is uh, the hot team and the cool school for the kids.
2: That's right, man. That's right. Got to make especially, sure I have my black.
3: especially the twenty fours and twenty fives, Jason. Not yeah, as much as twenty three. A lot of the haze in the barn there, but with the twenty fours yeah. and twenty fives, Tennessee's seeing a lot of uh, a lot of momentum.
2: I'll make sure I have my black on this weekend with my with my orange. Uh, try to mimic the team a little bit so. I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. Another another good edition of Tennessee Prime, my friend.
3: Got no doubt about it, Jason. I will let you send us out. We appreciate J.J. Crawford. We appreciate Don Bailey. And we appreciate our great friends at Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken.
2: Austin Price, Volquets.com. Jason Sullen here 991D Sports Animal. Y'all have a great evening. Same time next week.